Greetings, friends, and welcome to yet another episode of the Dharma Junkie Podcast. I am your host, Justin Otto, and I want to talk about depression for a minute. It's uh, Depression can be a real motherfucker, and it'll creep up on you out of the blue. I mean, quite literally, everything could be going essentially perfect in your life. And from the outside looking in, it could seem like you have no real reason to be depressed. And that's generally the case. It doesn't have to have a reason. It just shows up like some sort of Jehovah's Witness from hell beating on your door until you're forced to open it. And then the thoughts come in, the negative thoughts, the I haven't done this or I should be this and all this super critical self-judgment, which I'm definitely guilty of. And it's something I've been working on for a long time, trying to kind of keep that at bay. And, you know, I'm getting better at it, but I'm not perfect. And, you know, who is? What What is perfect? It's uh, kind of refreshing sometimes. And this may sound a little sadistic, but it's kind of refreshing to hear people that are essentially my teachers exhibit the same thing. And they're like, you know, I'm suffering from this problem and it pops up out of the blue. And I, you know, my practice isn't perfect because that's why they call it a practice, because it's, you know, what is perfect anyway. So uh, the past couple of weeks have been a little rough for me, and I I tried a different approach this time. I actually reached out to people and and didn't just sit in it by myself and isolate and wallow in my misery. And it absolutely was not easy because you know it's in these times when you're feeling this way that that phone, man, it weighs a thousand pounds, and it's the hardest thing is to pick it up and actually ask for help and say, look, I'm having a hard time right now and I just need a shoulder to lean on or just some space to to talk. You know, why is it that the one thing that would probably help you the most is the hardest thing to do? I, I don't know. You know, there's a lot of humility involved with actually admitting that you're struggling and, and asking for help. But if you are going through that, situation right now. If you personally are experiencing any kind of depression or anything even close to it, reach out to someone. Trust me, they'll probably be happy to hear from you and it could save your life. And be that person for somebody else. And I can't I just can't stress that enough. Life is about connection. It's not about money. It's not about bullshit. It's about connections with people and it's about creating a sangha for yourself, a community of people that you can reach out to that will help each other in times of need and hardship. And we just don't have enough of that these days. So if you are going through something, please pick up the phone and reach out for help. Hell, shoot me an email. Go to the website, dharmajunkiepodcast.com. Send me an email. I would be more than happy to talk to you. I would rather talk to you about your problems and, and listen to what you have to say than for you to sit in misery. So it's an open invitation to anyone who's going through anything right now. Please reach out. Anyway, on this episode, my guest is Maggie Dong. Maggie is the host of the Mind Muscle Enlightenment podcast. She's also a fitness coach who has found that in order to live a truly fulfilled life, that you have to master four areas of fitness, which according to her, are physical fitness, mental fitness, emotional fitness, and spiritual fitness. And if any of those are kind of out of whack, well, it's definitely going to affect the rest, you know, the rest of them. 
And I, I couldn't agree with that more because it's pretty much the same philosophy I have. You have to be totally in tune in order to be spiritually healthy and physically healthy and mentally healthy. So this is a really cool episode and I hope y'all enjoy it. Without further ado, Maggie Dong. You might catch yourself sliding in and out of you might catch yourself sliding in and out of a Just relax and enjoy it. This is an experiment, this is an experiment in, mind in mind formation. In formation. Forming, forming, controlling, controlling, operating your, operating mind, your mind and your brain. Using digital, using digital techniques to overload, to overload and scramble, and scramble, confuse, confuse, unfocus, unfocus your, mind. your mind. The natural state of the brain is chaos. Chaos, chaos is beautiful. Is beautiful. I was going over your uh, your one sheet, and you are quite accomplished. You you dabble in a lot of different things. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what would you say your main focus is, though? Uh, at this point, I would say I podcast a lot. So I call myself a podcaster, and I think that's something that I definitely want to take further, and you know, eventually go full time with my podcast. I would love that. Right. Yeah. That would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I could do this full time, I'd for sure do it full time. I mean, I kind of do it full time. If I could get paid to do it full, like full time, that'd be even better. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so you're, you're uh, what, what's the name of your podcast? Mind Muscle Enlightenment. Okay. And you want to tell everyone kind of what the, the mission statement, so to speak, is? Yeah. So in the podcast and, and with my coaching, I focus on the four areas of fitness so we have the physical mental emotional and spiritual because i realized that if we miss any one of these areas we end up trying to fill a void within ourselves that cannot be filled with external things so it's important to create a balance between the four areas of fitness so that we can live a fulfilled life I couldn't have said that any better myself. <laughs> so uh, what, what what are some of the ways that I, as far as like physical fitness, let's just dab into the physical realm first. What are, what are some of the things that you do? What are some of the things that you recommend to people? Uh, I, I noticed you do yoga. Um, do you do any kind of weight training or any, anything like that? Yeah. So, I mean, the main thing that I do is strength training. I, I go to the gym four to five times a week and then I focus on building muscle so that I can keep my metabolism high because I did go through a period of eating disorders where I was just cutting my food down and doing a bunch of cardio, but that just became really unhealthy. So my focus now with my physical health is to build muscle and just move, honestly. Like even if I don't go to the gym every day, I still go for walks because I know that I need to move my body in order to have my health in check. And it carries over into all the other areas as well. Like all of these four areas are intertwined because if my physical health is not in check, it starts carrying into my mental and emotional. So it's important to have a balance between. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah. If, if any, any one of those things is even slightly out of whack, it definitely affects the others on a, on a pretty massive level mm-hmm. in my, in my experience anyway. What, uh, what's your diet like? Do, do you have any kind of special diet now? You said you had some, some issues in the past with some eating disorder type of stuff. So uh, do you have any particular diet that you stick by? I hate the word diet because it's, you know, people think, Oh, it's a diet, but you know, what is What is your lifestyle like? Let's put it that way. Yeah. I mean, I've tried so many diets in the past. Like I've done uh, low carb, high carb, high protein, low protein, whatever it is, like low fat, mm. all the diets out there. I, I probably have done it. And <laughs> that was during my eating disorder period where I was trying out all these different things. And at one point I was counting my calories, cutting it down to like 800 calories a day. Please don't do this at home, everybody. It's so unhealthy for you. Yeah, yikes. (laughs) Yeah, I was eating like 800 calories a day. And there was this one day I woke up and I was driving somewhere to actually get food because I was so hungry, but almost passed out on the wheel as I was driving there because I was so hungry. (laughs) Uh, So nowadays, I don't follow any like particular diet. It's not very structured. I, I track my calories like from time to time. I don't do it every day anymore because I don't feel the need to. It's Mm -hmm. just like once in a while, I'll track just to see where I'm at. But yeah, pretty much I just have a flexible approach with with my with my diet with my lifestyle i stick to mostly whole foods i don't like to throw a bunch of processed foods in there but i'm flexible with things i'm not going to restrict myself to only eating whole foods ever right yeah that's that's a nightmare way to live (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah exactly i i pretty much have the same kind of lifestyle as far as my diet's concerned just mostly whole foods i'm not gonna turn down processed foods if during the right you know during the right moment depends on what it is mm-hmm. for sure but uh yeah, yeah I, you know you have to allow yourself some things otherwise you'll go crazy yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> okay so that that takes care of the physical aspect what about the mental what do you do uh to keep your your, your brain firing on all, all cylinders yeah so with my mental i start off the day with a bunch of you know mindset work i listen to podcasts audiobooks i would journal just starting off day and i think mental the mental aspect also plays into you know like discipline and just having the discipline to make the more maybe more difficult decisions in my life and not choosing the easy way out just because it it feels more comfortable so that's how i practice my mental fitness and you know an example would be I wake up at 5.30 every day, no matter what day it is. And I do that because I want to train myself mentally. Like when my alarm goes off at 5.30, I don't stay in bed, even though it's so much more comfortable to just like laying my blankets. I make myself get out of bed so that I can train myself in that way mentally. And that carries over into a lot of other things in my life as well. Yeah, for sure. that, you know, I've, I'm a recovering addict and like just through my experience with that and just trying to stay healthy these days and discipline is just everything mm-hmm. really. I mean, and I say that to people and they look at me like I'm completely batshit fucking crazy, but, <laughs> but, but really without some sort of discipline in your life, it's, 
I don't know. It just never works for me. <laughs> exactly. You need some sort of discipline. Obviously, don't take it to an extreme because there there are cases where you're like way too disciplined with no flexibility. So there has to right. be a balance there too. Yeah, it gets to the point of self-flagellation almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, you know, it's about like you were saying, balance with everything really. You have to find a a good comfortable medium. Yeah, that's the whole point of life, I think, just to, like find a balance between the extremes. <laughs> what about okay, so um how about your emotional aspects? What do you do? Yeah, my emotional aspects, I used to struggle with this one a lot because I was told growing up, I, I think I kind of learned to not express my emotions. And mm-hmm. I felt like I was judged by everybody when when I would cry or whatever. So I struggled with this one a lot because I wasn't allowing myself to just feel my emotions. But nowadays, mm-hmm. it's listening to how I'm feeling and, and really asking myself, uh, how do I feel every day when I wake up? And starting the day off with getting in that peak emotional state so that it can carry throughout the day. And now it's also just practicing not judging myself when I feel certain things, like not judging myself when I'm crying, not judging myself when I'm, you know, raging out as long as I'm doing it in like a safe manner. (laughs) So it's just being okay with all the emotions, being okay with being vulnerable. Like I'm not hiding any aspect of my emotions because I, I have done it for so long and and it's unhealthy. Yeah. Yeah. That can be a, that can be tough. It's a tough skill to learn. Mm-hmm. Self, self-compassion is one of the tougher, tougher hurdles mm-hmm. I've, I've been tackling in my life. I, I've always been very hard on myself. So, you know, I, I find that most people, especially people such as yourself, you know, you seem very, very self-starter. You seem very disciplined. People, people like that are always super hard on themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, like-, to the, like too, like way too hard. Like, like, the things we things you tell yourself you probably would never say to another person yeah exactly but you know it's it's practicing that self-compassion because if you can't be compassionate with yourself you're not going to do that for other people because i found that in my life when you know i don't i don't love myself when i'm not compassionate with myself then I start setting these like crazy high standards for the people in my life that they will never meet because right. <laughs> it, it like it all starts with us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you can't love yourself, you can't love anybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I guess that moves us on to the fourth aspect: spiritual. Are you a spiritual person? Well, I think we're all spiritual people. We're all spiritual beings. Mm-hmm. So I. Right. <laughs> Some practicing, some not. Yeah, I mean, we're all spiritual beings. It's just if you if you uh, dive deeper into your spirituality, but yeah, I I, I do practice spirituality. I meditate you, every morning. And would you would you have a, like a particular definition for your form of spirituality? Do you lean towards well, any one thing or another? I, so I'm not religious, so I don't subscribe to any like, uh, what, like religion views. I, I, I kind of look at all of them and I'm like taking whatever sticks, but spirituality to me 
it's really I think life is a spiritual training that that's how I see it and everything that happens can be spiritual like for example if I'm you know driving in traffic and somebody cuts me off and I'm starting to get triggered and angry that that can be a spiritual practice in and of itself because I can then start asking why am I getting triggered by this why am I getting angry and I think spirituality is it's everywhere and everything can be spiritual and I would say I meditate to to get deeper into that to quiet my mind so that I can really listen to my intuition because when my mind is in the way obviously there's going to be a lot of loud mental chatter right yeah i have a question um mm-hmm. how does how does one become maggie dong tell me about your your story a little bit mm, my story <laughs> so i I, I think everything turned around when I was 16. So 16 okay. was the year where uh, my mom passed away. She had breast cancer for six years. And actually two years before that, when I was 14, my dad was put in jail. Uh, so after I lost my mom, it was just me, a 16-year-old, and my little brother, who was 11 at the mm-hmm. time. What did you, what did your dad go to jail for? Uh, so he he's in jail in China. So that adds later to the story. <laughs> but okay. over there, the political system, it's like you are guilty until you prove yourself innocent. Right. So he got put in jail for being accused of money laundering. Ah. Mm. Mm. <laughs> mm. Good times. And I'm assuming he's away for how long? Uh, right now, he has a life sentence that he's trying to fight out of. Wow. Well, do, you, do, you, do you keep in touch with him? Um, rarely. Is that possible? The only no. way that we would communicate is if he writes letters. And right. like he will have to write a letter and have his attorney bring it out because his attorney is the only one who's allowed to see him. And his attorney will have to bring it out and like take a picture of it and like send it to me. And I have to uh, write write something back and the attorney will have to bring it in to show him. But okay. I don't talk to him that often just because we didn't have a good relationship when i was younger he was yeah he was actually abusive when i was a kid and nowadays you know i i don't talk to him that often just because it i think i have forgiving forgiven him but i don't know where he stands honestly right yeah that's that's a tough spot to be in yeah yeah um sounds like you're still still kind of hurt from that i i i'm pretty much over the fact that he was abusive and and did all that like i feel like it was a good experience for me to have i mean everything that happened to me as tragic as they were it taught me so much and 
you know, after losing my mom at 16, then I went to court at 17 to become an emancipated minor. And I started college and then dropped out of college and started my business and moved to San Diego and all of that. I mean, I would have not been doing any of that if my, if both my parents were here. Right. Yeah. The universe kind of always puts you where you're supposed to be, right? Yeah, exactly. I think everything happens for a reason. And as painful as they were, I don't think I would have learned anything otherwise. Right. What were you going to college for? I was going to college for cognitive science, which has nothing to do with what I want to do. Like I was supposed to go into a nine to five tech job because I used to live in the Bay Area. So everyone was like doing some tech thing back there. And I thought that was what I was supposed to do. So I went for cognitive science, was going to go into a nine to five tech job. And uh, like one year in, I realized that I wanted to start my business. And then two years in, I dropped out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's, it's fun. College is fun. Yeah. I don't, I haven't seen many people get it right the first time. (laughs) You 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 think, you think you might ever go back? Uh, no, I actually dropped out, uh, June of this year. So that was like six months ago. So, and, uh, uh, what what kind what, what, what's your business? Uh, coaching, life coaching. How's that going? It's good. I really enjoy coaching. It's so much better than cognitive science. I don't think I would have been happy. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't think I would have been happy doing that. And in college, Honestly, I didn't learn a thing uh, from two years that I was there. I don't remember anything that was taught in lecture. <laughs> all right. I remember, I mean, all I remember was how much I didn't like it. <laughs> that's, that's not a very good impression. <laughs> I mean, that's why I left. <laughs> why would you go back? <laughs> yeah, why would I go back? <laughs> yeah, <absolutely>. <laughs> <laughs> how long have you been doing your uh, your podcast now? Uh, it's been, I think we're going into seven months now. Cool. Cool. So you started it like beginning of the pandemic ish. Uh, yeah. So I started the podcast, like I think in April or May. So right before I dropped out, started a podcast. <laughs> right on. But then what is your, like, what's the, the main focus of your podcast? Um, it's just the four areas of fitness that we cover all of those things and we bring guests onto the show to, to, you know, talk about, uh, their, their stories, their experiences, because I think having guests on the show is the best part. Cause I, I get to like learn so much and I get to listen to stories. Right. Who are, who are some of, uh, some of your favorite guests so far? Who stands oh. out? Wow. <laughs> I had a you. Are you <laughs> asking if you? No, 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 no. But aside from myself, I, I don't stand out from anything. <laughs> Anyone but me. How about that? <laughs> um, I honestly think so many people have different stories. Like each story is so unique. Like I have people coming on to talk about, you know, psychedelics, which you, you were my first psychedelic episode. And then I had more because after so after i had you i mm. went on my instagram i was like hey guys i just like did an episode on psychedelics and i had like 10 people reach out saying like can you do more <laughs> <laughs> um so i ended up bringing more people onto the show to talk about psychedelics and oh, cool. <laughs> yeah and i 
also have people, you know, talking about their mindset, emotional health, and have people talk about sex. So, I mean, we bring all types of people onto the podcast. Right. Yeah. That's the thing I love about doing is I just get to meet such a wide cross section of different people and talk about so many different things that I find fascinating. Yeah. And you get to talk about whatever you want. Right. I, and I, you know, it's, it's such a, you were saying you didn't learn anything in college, but God, but you know, I've learned so much just from doing this podcast, like from, and from just talking to people like way more than I did in college. <laughs> yeah. You know, I always tell people that like life is your, is your biggest like school. Like if you, if you want to learn something, then learn from the people in your life and learn from your experiences instead of, you know, sitting in lecture and have somebody teach you about facts. Absolutely. Yeah. Find people that are actually experienced people experienced in life. Yeah. I mean, that's how you learn. And I think, you know, do, doing the podcast and having these conversations, I I definitely have learned way more from doing these podcasts than I ever did just, you know, talking to people in college even. Because, you know, when I talk to people in college, like one of the reasons that I dropped out was I didn't feel like I fit into the college environment because I was doing my business, I was doing my podcast. And I also just wasn't into that party scene like I had at the beginning of college I had like a couple months of like going crazy but after that I stopped and I just like didn't want to go back anymore so I just knew a lot of people in college who were into that party scene and that's all they would do all the time and I just wasn't into that and I had to leave probably a wise decision (laughs) yeah (laughs) party scene can get out of control real quick (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's a good experience that I went through it. I don't, (laughs) if I had never gone through it, I think I would have always been curious about what that's like, but after going through it, it's not that fun. Now, you know, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) okay. I had another question for you. Have Mm -hmm. you, have you always been spiritual? Like, have you always maintained some kind of sense of spirituality or is that, is it something you came into later in life? Um, I would say I came into this a little bit later. When I was younger, I didn't know anything <laughs> about spirituality. Were your parents were your parents not spiritual at all? Uh I don't they weren't that like into pra- it. practicing, yeah. Mm-mm, yeah. Yeah, no, they, they they weren't practicing anything, but I think my spiritual journey really started when I started learning about like the law of attraction. That was where it all started. And after that, obviously it dives way deeper into the law of attraction. Law of attraction is like such a small (laughs) portion of it, but yeah, that's where it all started. And I mean, I still have a lot to learn and I will definitely say that this is a lifelong journey. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I don't don't think anyone's got all the answers. (laughs) I don't, I don't know that all the answers even exist, really. Yeah, I feel like there's no, or is there absolute truth? Do you think there's an absolute truth? I mean, that would depend on the definition of truth. Right. <laughs> like, see, I don't know if there's like an absolute. It's like asking someone if they believe in God. <laughs> <laughs> see, yeah, I don't know if there's like an 
absolute truth that everybody will subscribe to or that it's just like the truth behind everything because i feel like everybody has their different versions of truths right right yeah that's what i'm saying it's it's kind of hard without the the concrete definition of of whatever that particular person's truth is and it's so hard you know it's, it's almost impossible to define yeah it definitely based is based on everyone's like individual experiences i think that's why we have so many <laughs> conflicts around society because people think that everybody needs to think the same way. But, you know, we all have different experiences. We're allowed to think differently. Most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time. We, we like to think we're allowed to think differently. Unfortunately, that's not the case a lot of times. Yeah, I mean... We do have a lot of, you know, restrictions and <laughs> rules around our freedom, but I it's, think- not even, it's not even like around freedoms. It's just rules around ideas. Like people have these concrete ideas built up in their head that are, that are just narratives that they've created. And like, they may be a collective narrative, but they're still just a narrative. Yeah. You know, everything is just a story that we're telling ourselves. And I think true freedom is when you just let go of everything and you, you get, yeah. Yeah. Like you get to really just your, your core being, your consciousness itself. When you have nothing that you're holding on to, that's, that's when you have freedom. Right. You have to like, let go of all your, your stories you've created, all the narratives, all the ideologies, like I even like saying, let go of the idea of letting go, you know? Mm, I love that. <laughs> I mean, just let go of fucking everything. <laughs> yeah. I just let go and be free, but I mean, it's easier said than done because letting right. go. Is, <laughs> yeah, there's, a, there's, there's always that, that battle between like your conscious, like higher self and your ego as well. So, you know, and it, trying to traverse that can be difficult. Yeah, I mean, your ego is always going to be there as long as well, you, you're you're here. <laughs> well, you, you you need it. Yeah, you yeah. Can't, you can't really function without it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. but yeah, I mean, the, people have this big misconception of they oh, you have to get rid of your ego. It's like no, you don't want to get rid of your ego. You want to integrate your ego and learn to work with it in symbiosis with it, but you don't want to get rid of it. Exactly. Like if you got rid of your ego. I mean, if I got rid of my ego, I'd be lying on the couch and not be able to get up. Like, that's me when I'm on psychedelics. When I, I can't even make my way to the bathroom. Right. I mean, if you were to let go of your ego all the time, you probably wouldn't even have a couch. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just be a doormat. <laughs> yeah, there would be nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So you've done psychedelics. Are there mm-hmm. any pr- particular experiences that stood out for you? What what were you doing at the time and what set out? Yeah, I'll tell you the one that I did last week. <laughs> that Sounds one good. was that one. Oh my gosh, that one just like threw me <laughs> literally out of this world. <laughs> it was uh so I actually was doing it because I so I told my friend uh before I did it that day, I was like, you know, I just want like a couple hours on mushrooms tripping and just having fun and just like having an escape from this world and all my problems because mm-hmm. you know usually when i'm on psychedelics especially on mushrooms what i do is like i laugh all the time and i'm just like laughing and right. thinking that everything is so funny and and it's so light and fun so i told my friend well this is what i'm gonna do 
like just just escape and laugh for 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 a couple hours so i did (laughs) the mushrooms uh and then an hour in you know i was expecting the the lightness to come in but it was not coming in and (laughs) i and then you know when i closed my eyes it was just like taking off and it was not light at all and you know i was still expecting it to be a certain way i was like well why isn't this working like i was still holding on to that idea and at one point you know i was laying on the couch and i felt like almost like anxious because i'm like i don't know where this is going and i i think that was like the strongest that has ever hit me and I was afraid to let go. I was holding on so tight. And it's like the was, worst thing you can do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was holding on so tight and also expecting it to be like a certain way, which right. <laughs> like, which it was not. <laughs> yeah, it was not. And I like picked up my phone. I was like, should I call someone? Like, am I? It we, just, <laughs> I gotta ask, were you, were you able to actually make sense of what was on your phone? Nor- normally when I, when I've had, like pretty large psychedelic experiences, like pretty heavy ones. Like I can't, like, it doesn't even make sense to me. I'm just like, I, so I only did two grams, um, but it hit me really hard. (laughs) Uh, But I still could look at things on my phone. So like I was picking on my phone. I was like, should I call someone? Just like, (laughs) you know, make sure that I, (laughs) someone can like bring me back, back to reality or something. (laughs) And I didn't end up calling anyone and, you know, after like maybe like half an hour of of just like struggling and almost just like, like it was the most painful thing mentally that I've ever done because I was just struggling to let go. And these are the best ones. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I didn't know uh, for a while that's what I had to do because I still had all those expectations. I was still holding on and it wasn't until I fully just let go. Like the moment I decided to let go and surrender to it, everything just became so like peaceful. But I mean, after that, I was like still laying in my bed for I think two hours, just meditating. And that one, you know, I said going into it, I wanted to escape reality, escape all my problems, and it made me face all of it. <laughs> <laughs> Careful what you wish for. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that one was uh, an actual, you know, that one you, threw me how, around. How did you? Uh, how did you dose them? Um, I just use like one of those milligram scales and, and I dose it two right. grams. Right. I mean, did you, but did you just eat them dry or did you like lemon tech it or? I eat them dry. I, I usually just eat them dry, which they taste horrible. <laughs> uh, you gotta, you gotta do the lemon tech. You gotta, what's Google, the lemon tech? You gotta Google that. But what, what you do is you, you weigh your dosage and then grind it with a coffee grinder into a dust, right? Uh-huh. And then put it in a cup for everybody out there listening, you put it into a cup and cover it in lemon juice and you stir it up and kind of just keep stirring it, you know, periodically over the course of say 20 minutes or so. And then I used to like to take orange juice and pour it on top of just a little bit of orange juice to kind of make it more palatable because it's, you know, it's lemon juice and mushrooms uh-huh. and then uh-huh. stir it up again and just chug it down. And what that does is it breaks the psilocin or the psilocybin down into psilocin outside of your body instead of inside of it. So the onset is quicker. And mm. because it, it doesn't have to break down in your stomach acid, it's already broken down outside of your body. The onset's quicker. The 
the intensity is a lot higher, but it's, it also lasts for a shorter duration because as I said, your stomach acid isn't having to break it down. Oh, I've never heard of that. I think I have to try that and then see how that goes. It, it was definitely uh, my preferred way of, of dosing psilocybin when I, okay. when I used to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Best way to do it. For sure that. <laughs> okay. I'll have to try that out because it sounds better than eating them dry. <laughs> it, it, it's definitely a lot more palatable. It just kind of tastes like pulpy orange juice and you can chug it down real fast and you're good to go. Okay. Yeah, but, I'll have to do that. But be, care, be careful with that because, like I said, it does it does make it a little more. Uh, <laughs> it's a little more intense. So, like two grams is going to feel more like three and a half, three. Oh, so uh, you, you got to kind of you know be careful with your dosages on that. But you know, it's something you want to experiment with. Yeah, I mean my my body is already like super sensitive to to like any any substance especially right. with psychedelics like i'm i can't even have caffeine like i don't drink coffee because really? it sets me off so mm. yeah it's like my body is extremely sensitive to these things and i have tripped on a microdose of mushrooms like my microdoses are like 0. 0.2 grams and i have tripped <laughs> <laughs> yeah I've, I've had that experience before where yeah I've, I've, i think it was like 0. 0.3 and I was like, well, this is a lot more than I expected it to be. <laughs> I did not. Ex I think I, I think I went to work on that dose one, one time and I was like, oh, God, <laughs> everything was really funny. I had a great day at work, but <laughs> it was it was definitely more than I was expecting it to be. Yeah, I <laughs> the, the one time that I tripped on on a microdose, I took it before the gym. <laughs> Not a good idea. <laughs> uh, yeah, I bet that was weird. <laughs> yeah, so I like went to the gym and then I was like, you know, like doing deadlifts and then I started seeing shapes like, oh my God, I started seeing shapes as it was deadlifting. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that'd be a little too much to handle. Yeah. <laughs> then just there's so many people at the gym, you know, it's like, ah, kind of weird me out. <laughs> Yeah, like don't uh like honestly I feel I feel like everyone was looking at me. <laughs> yeah, and you know like when you're on mushrooms you're I feel like you're just more sensitive to the energies of people around you. I like that's how I felt when I was microdosing and like you know being outside. I can just pick up on people's energy so much more. I've never done a full dose with anybody else i've always just like been by myself in my apartment but right. i'd be curious to like bring someone with me and then or we can like trip together and see how that goes it can be interesting i i've i enjoyed you know uh that experience with other people i i've also enjoyed it alone and you know depending on the dosage it, it just kind of it it depends, you know, like if you're taking a heavy dose, like a five gram dose with somebody, it, it, it's almost not going to matter that there's somebody else there at the time. <laughs> but, you know, if you're two grams, three grams, something like that, it can be, it's definitely a very, uh, very connective experience. Okay. Cause I mean, there's like nothing that you can hide when you're on psychedelics. Oh yeah. It's like truth serum. <laughs> no, you know, it's, it's a very connective experience. Like be, be prepared to open up. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, even when I do it by myself, I think every time I, I do it, I talk to myself for like two hours straight. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> easy, <laughs> easy two hours. <laughs> yeah. And I like keep on asking myself the same questions too. Like, this is really weird. Like every time I trip, I would have like one or two specific questions that 
I'm like pondering on. I'll just like keep on asking myself those same questions over and over again until I get an answer. It's <laughs> interesting. What are what are some of your uh, your your classic questions? Uh, so the ones that I can remember off the top of my head uh, are, you know, why am I here? <laughs> that one came up a lot. Like there was this one time I was tripping. I'm like, why am I even here? What like why am I doing everything that I'm doing? And what I realized was. I was stressing myself out a lot for no apparent reason. And I had to ask myself, like, why am I even here? Am I here to work and work and stress myself out all the time? <laughs> or am I here to have fun and enjoy the experience? Right. And the other question that I can remember is, how do I stop being selfish? <laughs> uh, obviously, you know, my ego is not there. And I just kept on asking myself like how do I stop being selfish in this world and I realized all my actions were very selfish <laughs> right did you come to any conclusions as to how you could stop stop being selfish so yeah. this is interesting because I asked myself well like why am I being so selfish and one particular question about selfishness I asked was is asking for help selfish because I you know, I don't ask for help that often because um, I can do a lot of things on my own. So, like, but but there there are times that I do ask for help. So my question when I was on that trip was, is asking for help selfish? Because if I ask for help, it feels like I'm taking something away. But if I don't ask for help, it feels like I'm robbing the joy of somebody helping and giving. So I was just stuck in between those two things for like four hours. It's absolutely not selfish to ask for help. <laughs> just it's in not case, selfish. In case you were wondering. In fact, most people would be happy to help. And people generally, you I've come to find that if, if all you have to do is, is ask and people are generally more than willing to offer their help. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and uh, let me, let me just give you just some, something I've learned uh -huh. like, is you can't do everything by yourself as much as you want to, as much as you feel like, you know, the burden is on you and it's gotta be, you know, the one woman show, like you, you got to get that out of your head. I tried to do that for a long time and it did nothing but fuck me up. So I, mm. pro I promise you like, and it, it's, <laughs> uh, listen, I'm 39 and it's only re recently that I, I've, I've, I've learned this is I was very, very self-driven as like, if I can't do it and I can't accomplish it on my own, then I don't need your help. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was lying to myself and mm. I, 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 I had to get out of my own way because there are times where I did need help and I didn't ask. And, and it, it did bite me in the ass, you know, like, I, I feel like I, there's a lot of things that I, I probably could have done a better job at and could have, you know, maybe furthered my accomplishments had I actually asked for help or when somebody offered help actually accepted it rather than saying, no, 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 I got it. Which was another thing that I, I was terrible about. I'm sure you probably do that too. Yeah. I, I used to not be able to even receive a compliment. Like people would give me a compliment like, oh, I love oh, yeah. your, your, your sweater. I'll be like, no, 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 no. Like, like I love right. your blah, blah, blah. Like it, it was like, I could not receive anything. Right. Yeah. I, I was the exact same way. And I, 
I'm still pretty bad about that, but I'm getting better about the, <laughs> I'm getting better about the help thing. So, but life's yeah. about, life's about connection with people. Life's about community. Life's about, you know, what you can, you know, what you can do for other people. Life's about service. I think, you know, that's my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Cause I, I think, you know, I'm a very giving person and mm. I do have more trouble on the receiving end. And that's something that I keep having to remind myself of like, it's okay to receive, like people want to give to, to me and it makes, it makes them happy to give because I, I think about like when I give to other people, how happy I am to give. So right. it must be the same for the other way around. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, it's, that feeling that you get when you help someone that, ah, oh, I feel good about that. Yeah. That's, mm -hmm. that's what they're trying to get. <laughs> yeah. It's a good feeling. You know, that's, that's the best feeling really. You know, if you, if you can help somebody, if you can help somebody or make them happy or just whatever, you know, that, that's, that's the good shit. That's the good. It's like, and that's why I said, that's what that's for me. That's what life is about. That's the whole reason I do this podcast is to try to help people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on that psychedelic trip that I was on, I think that that's what came up for me. Like, if I don't ask for help, then I'm not allowing other people to feel that happiness, to feel that joy. So, <laughs> and right. then, you know, when I was on mushrooms, I, the next thing I did was I like pulled out my phone as I was coming down on, on the trip and I texted someone. I was like, can I? can I ask you for something? Can I ask for help? Like I did that like right after. It's awesome. And I did, I'm sure they said yes. Yeah. And it was actually great because I hadn't talked to this person for like two and a half months. And I just like pull out my phone and I was like, can you help me? And, and we actually started talking again. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. But like I said, it's okay to ask for help and, just remember, you you don't have to do it all by yourself. Exactly. And I think it's it's an ego trap in and of itself. Like we think that. It definitely is. Yeah. And, and also just like this society where people are pushing to, to be independent, especially that independent woman thing where, where right. you're just like, oh, I'm an independent woman. I don't need a man. I don't need anything. I don't need anybody. Right. But it's like at some point you burn yourself out and you actually as a woman you you do need a man like you you <laughs> you you can do everything on your own like it doesn't mean you're like yeah, needy. it doesn't mean you're not capable of doing it on your own but you don't have to yeah, you don't have to and like men want or at least a good man will want to take care <laughs> of women generally generally I think, that, I think that I think that's like in the uh, the job description. <laughs> it's uh, I mean, it's rare. I'll tell you that uh, in in my life, actually, in the past couple of months, I started like going on dates with people because I got out like I got out of like a long long term relationship earlier this year. So mm -hmm. then I started dating people, and in my life, I've had one guy who opened a car door for me and. I went on the state <laughs> with the guy and I was shocked when he opened the car door for me. And it was something inside of me that was like, 
Well, first of all, I can open this door on my own. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I, I don't need. <laughs> I was like, I don't need you to open a door for me. But then I had to pull myself back and be like, you know, just because no one has ever opened a door for me doesn't mean I can't receive that. Right. Yeah, the, the chivalry is not entirely dead. It's still out there. It's 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 definitely in the underground, but it's still out there. <laughs> It's it's rare. It definitely makes you stand out, though, because I've only had one guy do it. <laughs> that, that's crazy to me. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I was just raised different. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, well, that's cool. That's cool. You at least got to experience that one. Hopefully, you'll have many more. Well, that one guy actually, I think. Uh, I mean, we're still talking, so I think. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. See, see how that worked out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, good, good first impression on me. <laughs> that Obviously. I, yeah. I mean, first day he actually, you know, drove to pick me up. I didn't have to drive to meet him. So that was also different because all the other guys that I was on dates with, I had to drive and this guy didn't make me drive. <laughs> yeah. Some of them just can't drive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that, that makes me want to talk about um, like uh like masculine and feminine energy. What what's your opinion on on the masculine and the feminine and the co like the cohabitation within the individual? Yeah, I mean we all have both the masculine and feminine within us and it comes down to creating balance in ourselves because if you're so much in your masculine, which I was for a long time and I'm naturally a feminine person, right. but with the society, I was in my masculine so much and I was, you know, taking control, making decisions and taking responsibility. But when I'm constantly in my masculine, I don't get in tune with my feelings. Uh, I don't relax. I don't slow down. So it's coming to balance within myself with the masculine and feminine and even more, more so the feminine for me because I'm naturally a feminine person and I think you know with, with owning my business and being around masculine people all the time i feel like it's so much easier for me to just lose lose that feminine part of myself right so i have to pay extra attention to that but you know for women since so many women are in their masculine when it comes to relationships it's like you're repelling your partner because if you have two masculines coming together they will just repel and they will clash and i think that's why a lot of relationships don't work out right well you know unfortunately there's a lot of uh, very feminine gentlemen out there these days that are definitely more in their feminine energy mm, well see see with women who uh, are in their masculine like these are the, like the very driven and right it, and they're and they're looking for masculine men as well <laughs> yeah yeah they're looking for masculine men and here's what happened to me like my last relationship that ended earlier this year since I was like still very much in my masculine and you know I I, I was dating him for three years and mm. he was a relatively feminine guy and I was very frustrated because you know I wanted a man who was like more masculine than I was <laughs> obviously it's almost, it's almost a very controversial topic to even talk about these days 
but you know masculine and feminine has nothing to do with gender like people think that absolutely like, yeah pe- like pe- people think that is like gender but it's it's and, not gender right and that's why why i said at the beginning when we started talking about it the, the cohabitation within the individual because there's masculine energy within within women and there's feminine mm-hmm. energy within men it's you know as you said finding the balance between them yeah yeah and you know with with like relationships so if you're a woman and you're so much in your masculine all the time, you're either going to attract a feminine man who is probably not what you would want, or you're going to get a masculine man and you guys are going to clash. And that's what usually happens. Right. Yeah. I've seen it happen a million times. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's hard for, for people to even tap into their feminine energy nowadays because it's, society is so driven on that masculine energy but you know the feminine energy is like extremely healing and it's it it's needed in in the world i can't agree more um how how would you how did you go about really tapping into your your more feminine energy yeah it was a lot if, if you had to offer some <laughs> advice to people who were yeah, yeah. Let go of of the need to be be everything, and then you know, I think the masculine is very like structured. It's like planning, decision making, but you have to let go of that. Like the feminine is like more in flow and surrender, and it's more receptive. Like the feminine is not giving all the time. Like masculine is the one giving all the time, and feminine is more receptive, and one has to receive. So it was unlearning a lot of the things that I've been taught so that I can get back to my feminine energy because that's that's my core essence, and I just like learned a bunch of shit that covered it up. Right. Yep, social conditioning is a thing. Yeah, it's it's letting go of all of that. I I think key to everything is to just let go, let go of everything that you think is a part of you that has nothing to do with who you are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just let go of all the stories. Let it all go. It's easier. Yeah. It's easier said than done, unfortunately. But it can be it done. Is, it can be done. It can be done. You know. <laughs> Well, a good idea is if you get a tattooed on you, like I do, <laughs> if you get a tattoo that says let go, you will always be reminded. There you go. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a super great pleasure talking to you. I hope you have a, a wonderful evening. Do you have anything coming up? Any Anything cool? You, you writing any books? You making any movies? You making some some moves? <laughs> you got an uh, album album coming out, like a new rap album or uh i definitely <laughs> i definitely think i have a book in me at some point so stay tuned for a book in the future but for the time being i am on the podcast a lot so mind muscle enlightenment on all platforms i'm also on instagram at maggie dong underscore i'm just there hanging out all the time and yeah that's that's what i do but um do you have a do you have like a dedicated website or anything uh i can send you like a couple of my links so i have like my podcast like page link and my instagram and i have 
like my coaching programs if you want but yeah i'll i'll, I'll send you all the links yeah you got to get a website uh well <laughs> <laughs> it's it's where it just I don't, i've heard it but it just makes you seem more legitimate it makes <laughs> i don't know if that's fucking true or not but i was like okay so i got a website <laughs> you know like it's see, like but, you can find me there. <laughs> see but that's a story you're telling yourself yeah it's a story somebody else told me and i just bought into it and now i'm telling you that story <laughs> but see i don't have to buy into the story <laughs> you don't have to you don't have to but it might be a good idea <laughs> I'll take that into consideration. I said um, might. I, I didn't say it would be. I said it might be a good idea. I'll I'll consider that idea, but you know, I think the point of all of it is to let go of the need to have a website. <laughs> I don't know. If you if you want people to find you, it's good to have a website. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much again. I hope you have a wonderful night. Thank you. Thank you so much again, Maggie, for being on the show. And thank everybody for listening. And don't forget what I said in the uh, opening of the episode. If you're going through something right now that you're having a really hard time with, or even just struggling with slightly, please reach out to someone. And that somebody could be me. It doesn't matter. Just reach out to somebody. Take the time, lose the ego, and ask for help. It's not a sign of weakness to admit that you need help. In fact, in my opinion, it's actually a sign of strength because it takes a lot of strength to be vulnerable like that. So don't hesitate. Pick up the phone and call someone or be that person for someone else. Anyway, if you enjoyed the show, please, you know, standard shit, rate, review it, share it with your friends. I love each and every one of you. Namaste.